You're listening to a devotion by Christ Baptist Church. For more resources, visit our website at ChristBaptist.org. What comes to your mind, I wonder, when I say the word pilgrim? Pastor David has been walking us through the life and the ministry here lately of George Whitfield and pointing out some ways we can take encouragement and find some examples in what the Lord did in the Great Awakening of the 1730s and 40s. I want to stay in that historical vein for these next few days, but I want to roll the tape backward just over a hundred years to 1620. 1620. This was the year that the Pilgrim Fathers and Mothers landed in the New World. And I think it's a fitting time uh, to consider the Pilgrims with you because in 2020 we here are poised uh, in November to celebrate the 400th anniversary of their arrival in the New World. What do you think of when I say the word pilgrim? Probably a top five answer, the place that I want us to begin our thinking together today, uh, is with the word freedom. So after we think about uh, maybe the, the Mayflower, after we think about uh, the, the funny hats and, the, and the, the shoes with the buckles on them, uh, maybe after we think about the first Thanksgiving, uh, we would we would work our way around not 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 too long uh, after that to the idea of of freedom. Why did the pilgrims come to the new world? Why did they leave England for the Netherlands in 1609? Why, after ten years in Holland, did they leave uh, uh, to return briefly to Southampton, only to sail on the Mayflower to the new world? Why? uproot families? Why hazard an open ocean journey? Why land uh, in the wilderness of the New World as as the the first uh, permanent colony there uh, in Massachusetts uh, Bay, in Cape Cod Bay? Why would they risk, uh, one of their favorite words, hazard? Why would they hazard life and uh, property and family, uh, certainly comfort, for uh, this kind of a move. And, and I think the, the answer that they would give uh, is liberty. They were in search of freedom. Now, we need to be careful how we understand their use of this term. And I think as spiritual heirs of the pilgrims and their religious cousins, uh, the Puritans, who would come in 1630, shortly after them, uh, we, we need to let them define this term for us. Because we hear freedom and we think of the lack of restraint, the lack of authority. If I am to be free, I need to be able to do whatever it is I want to do. The, the, the pilgrims did not think that way. Uh, for them, liberty meant the ability to set up their communities, gather their churches, discipline their churches, and worship in those churches in the way they believed the Bible required. So the reason they left England was because, in their view, the national church, the Church of England, which did not tolerate any other churches outside of it, uh, uh, did not grant them the freedom to do this. And in fact, they requ- the, the, the Church of England required elements to their worship that they believed the Bible did not countenance, and certainly did not require. Uh, And so for them, liberty, freedom, was the ability to obey 
the biblical requirements for how a church was to be gathered and how the church was to worship. Uh, And in this, they wanted to set an example for their brothers and sisters in England. They wanted to show them what a pure church, what a free church looked like in the hopes that it would inspire more back home to follow in their example. Isn't that interesting? Isn't that different than the way we think of it? Uh, a picture that may help you uh, is that of a train. Uh, this, this may help us get our minds around understanding the dynamic that the pilgrims felt when they talked about freedom in this way. Freedom as obeying the Word of God. Think of a train. When is a train most free? Well, to take the uh, popular view today that that freedom is is tolerance, that freedom is a lack of restraint, that freedom is a lack of restriction, a train then would be free whenever it can go wherever it wants, uh, whenever it can uh, escape the confines of those tracks. My goodness, how how limiting! And can uh, wander off into a meadow or down the side of a mountain or uh, wherever the train may, may want to go, if when it can do that, it's truly free. But of course, think of the result. Uh, that kind of freedom results in disaster down the side of the mountain and um, certainly being stuck in uh, axle deep in the mud in the meadow. Uh, no forward movement, no, no progress. Not doing what a train is meant to do, which is move and run. By way of contrast, when that same engine uh, abides, accepts the restriction of those two pieces of steel, uh, those tracks, uh, it is able to go fast. It's able to go far. In fact, uh, I've been told that the wheel in the engine doesn't actually um, determine the direction of the engine because the tracks do that by themselves, but instead... Uh, it, cert- it just uh, determines the speed at which the train flies down those, those tracks. The direction, the course of the engine is totally s- surrendered to someone outside the engine who set the course, who knows what's best and, and the best way to navigate the terrain and has already made that clear in the way they've laid the tracks. If an engine could think, maybe it would think something like, uh, I didn't make myself, I have been made. Uh, And my makers know uh, the best way forward for me. And if I accept that way, stay on these tracks, then I will be able uh, to climb any mountain uh, and to go any distance uh, because the tracks will carry me there. So uh, if we can bring that analogy back into the pilgrim's world, into our world, the pilgrims would say, we should say, we didn't make ourselves. We, we don't know what's best for us. We don't know the best course forward. Uh, but the one who has made us has given us tracks to run on. Uh, to put it in the language of uh, Galatians, we are under King Jesus. We are under the word of God. We are under the law of Christ. Yes, for freedom we have been set free, not meaning that we uh, are, are out from under any kind of authority and restraint, but meaning Uh, The one who leads us, King Jesus, the good shepherd of the sheep, leads us for our good, leads us to life, leads us by the power of his enabling grace within us by by his Holy Spirit. In this very countercultural view of freedom, 
I am most free. I go furthest. I go fastest when I walk in the way of his commandments. We have an, we have an opportunity, like the pilgrims did, to, to set an example uh, for those around us who operate, of course, with the, with the view that freedom is, is tolerance. Uh, tolerance was not known in Massachusetts Bay Colony. If you were a dissident uh, in uh, Plymouth Plantation or later in Boston or the other colonies that grew up around Massachusetts Bay, you were invited to go colonize somewhere else in the New World. Uh, this is a big land. You go and believe that way over there. But as for us, we are exercising our freedom here uh, to set up our church and worship the way we believe that the Bible requires. I wonder what that kind of witness would look like today. Not that we invite people to uh, go colonize somewhere else, but that we are clear what we believe, we're clear why we believe it, and we also live as a winsome testimony to the fact that, that a life under the Word of God is not drudgery. It's not limited and cramped and, and uh, sad. It is the greatest, most joyful freedom. Something to think on for this Tuesday.